including for our producer, David Folsky. He says we have to do this. So here we are with UND Insider Weekly Podcast. Welcome to our weekly session as we talk about UND sports in general, specific this time of year, obviously, to the sports that are being competed at this time of the year. Brad Schlossman's from the Grand Forks Herald, Tom Miller from the Herald, Phil Newman's from WDAZ-TV. Phil, nice to have you with us again. Yeah, thanks for having me. Bet you're just happy to be here, huh? Absolutely. Impart some wisdom, right? That's right. Anyway, I'm Tim Hennessy, your host, as we uh, visit about uh, UND men's hockey, men's basketball, women's basketball, and other sports as well. Let's start with uh, the men's hockey team at the Target Center in Minneapolis for the NCHC Frozen face-off where, once again, they failed to win an opening round game there, which uh, hasn't happened in the three tries that they, they've had going down there. And UND opened with Minnesota Duluth and, and uh, lose that game 4-2. to two. I thought uh, with Paul Ledoux, I did an interview with Paul Ledoux in the postgame, and uh, basically the first thing out of his mouth was uh, they were more desperate than we were. And you couldn't really tell on the ice watching that game. Brad, I thought it was a pretty, pretty good hockey game, and uh, Duluth just played almost flawlessly defensively, don't you think? They played real well defensively. Um, you know, that's a, an interesting comment because, uh, you know, about Ledoux, because Tom and I had this conversation uh, in the press box that – um, you know, it, as hard as you play for every game, you can't fake desperation. And some teams are just, um, you know, have that desperation because Duluth needed that win to get in the tournament. Had they lost that, they'd probably be out. So um, you can see the, the way they played there. And then I also think these are pretty evenly matched teams. We've yeah. seen them play four times, and basically it's come down to, you know, one play. Uh, you know, a few the last two times in the Ralph, and you know Duluth uh, gets this one. Phil, you were down there. Your take on it? Yeah, I'd, and just in the post-game press conference, you know, it's um, I'm, I'm always curious to see how the team reacts to to a loss like that. And they said, "Hey, listen, listen, this is a good hockey team we're playing right now." And uh, and most of the the guys, I think Gage Osmus was there and Troy Stetcher and. And Coach Barry obviously was there, and they all said, you know, I don't think it played bad. It was just we get we they played better, and uh, also don't really have a, an answer for uh, when I asked about um, you know three straight losses in that very game, the the semifinals of that round. He just said, you know, we've run into good teams, and uh, let's not forget though that they've lost in that game the last three years now, and previous two years they've ended up in the frozen four so it hasn't really derailed them by any means thank goodness for uh you getting that question off because i tried to ask it like three times and just got shut down like i was like say the first few words and someone else would blurt out another question and i'm like good grief what I was can't that get... about playing there or not winning there yeah not winning in the target center That's... i mean really it doesn't mean anything though yeah you know it, no. But it is, it gets, I mean, I don't think it'd be like a pattern where you think next year when you get there, but they will be thinking about it now no, when, you, I make, think when so. you make it three in a row. Yeah, I think so. Uh, but it is true that, and you're not, you're not sitting here making excuses either, but I thought they played pretty well. They played against a team that everybody thought before the year started it'd be yep. the top dogs in the league. So it isn't like they got beat by some cream puff coming in or anything. And, yeah, and they exactly. did, I thought, considering the circumstances where they are going to be in the tournament. They're most likely going in, knew they were going to be a number one seed, and they're playing against a team that had to win. And I thought they fair, I thought they came out and played pretty well for those under those circumstances myself. I don't know. What did you think, Tom? Yeah, I, you know, I, I think that UND hockey losing the last three years in the semis is almost a credit to what they've done in the regular season where, um, 
you know maybe their opponents like, like we've been saying are, are at a different desperation level and um you know last year when this exact thing happened we went to fargo and they didn't look anything like they did at the conference tournament so i don't know how much uh i don't know i never place a whole lot of stock into momentum i don't know how much that actually matters and i uh I, I think we could see a completely different team in Cincinnati. Well, I think uh, Jim Montgomery at Denver addressed that a little bit. When I asked him in the pregame show. <laughs> that was great. And I said, yeah, you use this to kind of get back on the rails, a little, little momentum for next week's regional. He says it makes absolutely no difference. We win 10 nothing, we lose 10 nothing. Ain't going to change what we do for next week. So I thought that kind of put it puts, uh, quite succinctly. But you yeah. and he did tie Denver the next night that I thought was a really interesting game. I, I thought it was an entertaining game. Uh, North Dakota hit five goal posts in it. Denver had five regulars out of their lineup. North Dakota had three guys that had been regularly playing in the last several weeks out of their lineup. And I just looked at the way Denver was looking at it. I don't think Danton Heinen had more than three or four shifts the first two periods. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> it's only one nothing. They get in the third period, it's like, well, you know what? We, we could probably win this thing. <laughs> and then he started playing a, a whole bunch after that in the third period. It was really, I was a little surprised. Were you, Brad, that... The benches were shortened as much as they were in that circumstance, and both teams are moving on. Yeah, you know, a little bit, uh, not considering what Monty had, had told you before the game. You know, they're just trying to keep their top guys healthy and, and move on. So, um. But I, I, I felt North Dakota shortened their bench, and, and I thought that in the last 10 minutes, Denver shortened theirs. I thought we saw the, the Gambrell line out against our, our and then the oh, I see. Line yeah. Oh, you mean the top lines? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, I don't know. I guess I wasn't paying that close attention. <laughs> I wasn't too enthralled. You weren't. You didn't think it was an entertaining game. It was all right. I thought it. It, it the, the part that it, there's just no atmosphere in that building in an afternoon game, and you know the fans weren't all that into it. And I think they tried to get into it at the end. They had some chants going on and stuff, but. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I thought the start of the game was better, you know, fairly decent, but I don't know. Well, from, the fans, interest. from the fans' perspective, it wasn't a game they wanted to be in, so that's, that's yeah, why exactly. you know, they, they all came down there thinking they were going to be playing Saturday night. Um, I think that's that's the uh, explanation behind that. But a common theme we heard after both games was it's a game of chances, you know, especially now. and. You know, you need to convert on those chances, and they felt like they didn't do a great job of that this past weekend. No. Hit a couple of posts, like you said, Tim, and um, five. Yeah, <laughs> I, I thought they had a bunch of chances against Minnesota Duluth that they could have put away too. I thought the key yeah. point in that game was it was a one-goal game, and Kajula's on top of the crease, and a, a goal that he buries more often than not, and he missed it wide, and they came down the other way and scored to make it three-one. You know, if if Kajula scores that goal and it's two-two. You know, who knows from there, UND might win that game. There's another chance Red Gardner had, but the puck uh, on the stick, great at point-blank range, too. And mm -hmm. he missed the net as well. So uh, UND goes on to the, uh, to the uh, NCAA West, Midwest Regional as the number one seed this weekend in uh, Cincinnati against Northeastern in an opening round game. The UND basketball team, the men losing to uh, UC Irvine in the, uh, what was it? What's it called? Collegeinsider.com tournament. .com tournament. It's the, it's the Brian Jones tournament. Speaking of uh, going into a tournament and not feeling like you can win, was it five <laughs> tries in this one? They haven't won one yet? Yeah, yeah. They had their best opportunity they've ever had. Heck of a game, huh? Yeah, super entertaining game. I, I thought it was a great game. Um, 
little disappointed. Didn't get to see as much of uh, Anteater Center, Mamadou Njai. Mamadou Njai, yeah. But uh, he got hurt there in the in the first half. Didn't oh, play did in the second half. Didn't really get off the bench. He just kind of sat on the bench. For, even for those wondering, he's the seven foot six guy. Yeah. Right? Yeah, there were there, there were some people a little thin up there. You can get a little dizzy. Yeah, the, there were a lot of people there to to check him out. I think. Yeah, it was. I we talked last week. More kind of a circus atmosphere. Well, and you feel kind of bad for <laughs> in pregame when people, people gawking are, at him. Yeah, but you know, I, I guess he's gotten that his whole life. And uh, I was impressed with how you and you played. I thought both teams played pretty hungry and. Uh, another kind of same story for North Dakota. They played a very entertaining well-fought game and they just didn't find ways to finish it down the stretch when you talk about the we talked about the often do trying to you know trying to get folks to realize the quality of basketball that you're playing here uh this is uc irvine team that und could have obviously beaten uh we sit right in there with it and they were supplanted in the ncaa tournament by hawaii who they tied for their conference hawaii won their first round game in the end i mean so it's quality basketball right yeah irvine was a, i think they were a top 100 rpi team and they uh, just got knocked off in the in the semis of the I believe it's the Big West by Long yep. Beach State and uh, you know they were a team that went to the NCAA tournament and almost pulled off a first round upset last year too so um, you know it was uh, it was good basketball it was fun to see somebody different come into the Betty you know a team that that uh, fans weren't familiar with but it was fun to uh, see how UND matched up and I thought they matched up very well. The UND women were in the WBI they beat Grand Canyon the opening night 57 to 51. 36 career double double for Maya Lloyd in that game. That's uh, that's another milestone for her and a, a brilliant career for her so far. Huh? Yeah, you know they're really gonna miss her next year just because of uh, the way she plays. You, you could uh, a lot of most of her career you could kind of count on at least 10 and 10 out of her, and uh, that was kind of the recipe for success for the Uni women the last few years. Is they were gonna out rebound somebody by 15, 20 rebounds, and that's how they were gonna. Uh, you know, beat you. So um, they got a they got a lot to replace there, and um, they they got a few pieces to try to do that. But Maya um, Lloyd had quite the career here. The thing about Maya Lloyd that I think is so impressive is she's not she's not she's oftentimes in the matchups that you know whoever she's guarding or whoever she's the smaller of the two, and still you know the other night against Weber State had 17 rebounds. She's just very strong in there, and her leaping abilities is uh, pretty impressive as well. But that, I always admired that, that she, she's never the tallest. She's never going to be bigger than the person she's guarding, but still is uh, pretty much good for double-digit rebounds on any given night. Then they played Weber State, um, and I thought it, it, this legitimized a little bit. Weber State is one of the top teams in the big sky because I think all season long, don't you, the people are kind of going wait, when waiting for that team to – kind of yeah. fall out to the bottom to fall out for them or something, and, and, and it never really happened. And maybe just on their side of it, it legitimized uh, how, what kind of a season they had. Well, we, Weber notoriously hasn't been very good at women's basketball here in, in the last recent stretch. And, um, you know, they they gave UND a pretty good fight. I thought UND was going to pull that one out there in the end. Uh, I see bench points for UND were 39-5. to 5. UND got a lot of... A lot of help from some of their younger players, which they're going to need next year without uh, without Maya Lloyd in the lineup. There's going to be some scoring opportunities to go around, and UND's going to need some of those freshmen, whether it's Lexi Claybo or Fallon Freggie or Jill Morton, to, to step up there. And uh, Encouraging performance from Samantha Roscoe, who will be a senior next year, having 
uh, career high 22 points, nine of 12 from the field. And that game was kind of a epitome of UND's season as a whole because, um, you know, we think back and they started one and five. I think they were five and 11 in mid-January, and they finish. You know, they win 14 of their last 17, but they give up 30 points in that third quarter. And they have to dig themselves out of a hole. They do take the lead in the fourth, but in the end, you know, they lose on a last-second bucket. So I thought it was interesting. Travis Brewster said that after the game. It's kind of like our season as a whole, and we had to dig ourselves out, and we were able to do it, but in the end, not enough. Good uh, good vibe. I mean, we know the men's team has uh, incredible youth, and their roster will be stacked next year, and a lot of big expectations, I would guess, out of that team. How about the women, Tom? Well, I think uh, you know it's going to be interesting to see what North Dakota State transfer Holly Johnson will bring to the team. She uh, she could fill that Maya Lloyd role, um, whether or not she comes back completely healthy after the injury she's she's had now, which caused her to leave North Dakota State. Um, I think that's going to be the key. But you bring back uh, Samantha Roscoe, Stephanie Smith, Lexi Claybo, found Freddie Jill Morton, um, and they should get back off an of injury. Two players who sat out all of this season in Bailey Strand. And Grace Sawatsky, um, Leah Zabel comes back, Makayla Dyer. Um, so there, there's some there's some good pieces there who have been players who have been very successful in the program in the past, and um, it'll be I think Holly Johnson will be a big key for that team next year. And a lot of the young players on that team played a lot this year. I mean, it wasn't uh, that they were sitting on the bench watching the whole time they were they were playing and they were contributing. Yeah, I think Lexi Claybo's kind of as she came on in the season was a. Very encouraging sign for this staff because any any time you can get a six foot plus center to to come on as a freshman like that, uh, you know they're gonna have three more years of her. That should be good. The uh, men's hockey team at the NCAA regional, the Midwest in Cincinnati, where they'll play the opening game of the entire tournament against Northeastern on Friday, one o'clock uh, Central Time. Uh, a Northeastern team that I thought the best word to describe them, maybe Brad, when I on the selection show on Sunday, somebody called them fearless. And I kind of look at it as like they're playing with house money. Yeah. I mean, they, they got off to a horrendous start, and they've had to battle their way through it. But in, now they're there. I mean, I would think that uh, fearless might be a great way to describe them, huh? Yeah, obviously they're the hottest team in the country right now. They've lost once in their last 23 games. And, um, you know, I think for a, the start of that stretch, they didn't play a lot of great teams. And so everyone's wondering, well, is it just because of who they're playing? And then in the playoffs, they go sweep Notre Dame, they beat BC, they beat Lowell. And it's like, okay, yeah, no, they're for real. So You know what was impressive to me about that Hockey East tournament? They are playing in two entirely different styles of play, mm -hmm. and they beat them both. Boston yep. College, who play a lot like North Dakota will play, be that style of play. And then UMass Lowell is total lockdown mm -hmm. type of play. And they managed to survive both of those. I think that's impressive to me that you can go from one – uh, one style to the next style and be and be successful at both of them, huh? Yeah, that's uh, a good point. They're playing two different games, but um, looks like they have a real good balance of scoring up front, and Kevin Waugh is obviously a very high-end player for them, and uh, they're getting some goaltending from their freshmen now, and that's been a big difference for them. Yeah, nobody's a freshman this time of year. Though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's played a lot of games, but the, he didn't start the year, and I think that's part of their struggles. If you look at the, they played uh, Derek Waugh in goal to start the year and 840 save percentage through seven games or so. It just wasn't happening. So, Speaking know. of the opponents you play, I think it's only going to serve this well for North Dakota, serve North Dakota well. 
because I think it maybe had a little bit to do with this past weekend was the fact that, and you pointed out the three weekends before, they played the three worst defensive teams in the league. They played the teams that finished uh, six, seven, and eight in the league, and they got uh, back to some rugged competition this past weekend. I think that's going to help them, don't you? I think it, it does help playing the, the, those types of teams, and if you look at the last uh, couple week or last couple years uh, after the uh, frozen face-off, they've uh, won the regional each of the last two years. So um, it's definitely helped them. I was looking at the when's the last time UND's lost a first-round game? It's been six years now. In a regional? Yeah. In two thousand, it was the Yale game, I think, in two thousand ten. No, that was was that the first round? Yeah. Uh, they, then they played Yale again later, but oh, the okay. Yale was out in Worcester, Manchester, was it Worcester? Oh, yeah, yeah. Was that Yale or New Hampshire? Both of them. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was New Hampshire in 09 and last Yale in 10. Goal, right? New Hampshire was the last, last second, second goal. goal. And then there was a, uh, Yale. Tied it, then the overtime breakaway basically is what all. Yale got up 3-0 and Unity came oh, back okay. and made it 3-2. Yep. Okay. Yep. yep, I remember that. And then those are the only two times they've lost in the first round since 2003 against Ferris State. So they've had a remarkable record in the regionals since then. So, But this is a big challenge for them. Are you picking them? You know what? I think I am going to pick them to win the first game. Okay. All right. We won't even ask you about Michigan and Notre Dame after that. I think I'm going to pick Notre Dame to win that one. Defense usually wins in this mm -hmm. uh, in this game, and, and that's where that's where they are. That's where they Two excel. contrasting styles there, and it'll be very interesting. I know it. All four of the teams in the regional, whoever wins that regional, I don't think anyone will be shocked. Like, it's pretty much uh, up in the air. Who got the toughest one? You know, I think that one's pretty tough. Duluth, um, I thought, got, well, I mean, you got Denver and St. Cloud got about maybe battle each other, but Duluth's got Providence, Providence is good, but Providence also just lost their best player for the year, yeah. too. So that makes a, a difference. Um, you know, Quinnipiac with, without Sam Annis could be a, a big deal for them. So some teams not healthy, I think, could make a difference. And I would uh, I would think that the North Dakota Northeastern is the best first-round matchup in the tournament. The UND football team, Tom, practices start this Wednesday? Yeah, tomorrow. Resume. Resume, I was going to say. They've been going, yeah. right? Well, they, they, they practiced for a week. They took spring break off, and now they're going to resume here again. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to Cincinnati, so I won't have the opportunity to see them too much this week. But I'm curious to see how things are coming along. I know, uh, you know they're really focused on, on trying to set that offensive line because they had a lot, of, a lot of guys leave off of last year's team that was so good at running the football. So I'm curious to see how that unit's coming along. Phil, do you uh, think that, for the most part, except for the most avid fans, anybody remembers anything about spring ball next fall with the exception of the coaches? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm just being honest. Well, honestly, it's probably best that they don't because that, that means it was uneventful in terms of injuries and stuff like that. So um, but this is a big time for the coaches, especially oh, it's, yeah. it's, it's huge, huge for the, it's huge for the, the guys who are freshmen going to be sophomores as well, especially those guys who redshirted last year. Um, this is where they really kind of make their ground up on the depth chart and um, really get reps that they didn't necessarily get in the fall because, you know, they were running the scout team or something like that. So it's a big time for those guys, maybe not uh, a huge time for the fans. Yeah, for um, the team, it's probably the biggest part of this season. 
Yeah, know, it, as far as development and everything else goes. But. Huge for development. Yeah, you know, like Phil was saying, this is a, a big time for those those kids who redshirted who maybe didn't get great reps on the scout team last uh, last fall, and now they're now they're getting a better look after a year in the weight program. And this is when you kind of see some guys kind of transform their bodies and uh, um, make a bigger impact than what you saw before. Coach Jeff Dodson's team has come down to earth a little bit after winning those first two games at Southern Cal. I think they've won one since, right, against St. Louis. Uh, and if, uh, well, they open up their regular season, their conference season against uh, Sacramento State in Sacramento uh, this Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Where uh, was North Dakota tabbed in that uh, WAC conference baseball? I believe ninth. were they ninth? Ninth. Because they were they were ninth for the second year in a row because they outperformed their that was kind of the storyline is they outperformed their preseason poll a year ago, so they were kinda of hoping to do that this year. And I don't know how how the rest of the WAC is stacking up here in the non conference season, but uh, boy, this has been a long time on the road for UND. They spend a lot of time uh traveling around to start the year here, so but I wouldn't mind being in Sacramento here uh this weekend. Is it true next year, are they playing Minnesota at the new Dome? I had heard some scuttle about that, yeah. They're playing Minnesota in the new Viking Stadium. That'd be kind of cool, huh? Absolutely. And then, uh, well, we won't see them for quite a while, the baseball team here. Yeah, uh, well, at least there's no snow month. on the field. There's first, <laughs> first week of April, I believe. Is that what it is? Well, it's only a couple of weeks then. Yeah. Well, if yeah. they play them. If they right. play, I, I imagine some of the WAC programs would would like them to cancel after Bakersfield came here last year and played in the snow. And I, I don't think those they thought guys it was were cool at happy. first. Maybe at first, their, <laughs> yeah, co- their coach was not happy post game. Not after that. Yeah. All right, guys, appreciate it for Brad Schlossman, Tom Miller, Phil Newman. You can subscribe to this podcast and our sister podcast. Sit down and cheer on iTunes as well as on SoundCloud. And don't forget to rate the podcast, leave a review. You can also get access to the latest releases of the podcast by following at UND Insider on Twitter. It has all the information and links on where you can listen and watch your favorite UND sports live and on demand. And all new podcasts next week for our producer, David Folsky, Tim Hennessy. Thanks and have a good one.